welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And today we're talking about loving your neighbor. <laughs> yes, loving your neighbor. <laughs> I'll tell you, sometimes we don't know what we're going to talk about. And sometimes one of us gets an idea and we share it with the other one. Well, today... Jane. Yeah, well, because he's more flexible. I think, or I get these impulsive ideas, but today I went to a baby shower down in Pierre for a young lady that I'm so proud of. She's, it's her second child, her and her husband, and anyway, I was sitting there, and it was in the morning, and people walk in, and I'll, you know, most people feel awkward. I mean, I've found that out. A lot of people just feel awkward in, in groups, even though we kind of hide it, but as I was watching everyone walk in, and I was talking to people, and I just thought... Every single person walking through here is loved by Jesus. And I want to, I want, I want that. I want to see everybody the way Jesus sees people because he loves everybody. And this is, here's the verse, Mark six thirty four. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because mm. they were like sheep without a shepherd. Yes. And I think, you know, problems in life usually boil down to people. That's why people will say, oh, I love, but I'd rather not be around people or something, you know, or I don't know how we do it, but sometimes people go, well, I like my pets a whole lot better than people. But I think it's we people can make love or make life incredible or we can make it very challenging. But if we all could just look, see people as Jesus sees them, remember that, especially as we go in the holidays and if you have to be around like us, snarky relative or someone you uncle pete (laughs) who slobbers all the time no i'm just teasing about pete but i mean if even those people we know so well if we could love them like jesus loves them see them as ones loved by jesus oh my goodness go ahead talk okay i mean usually i don't talk so much at first well jesus Sorry. When was that was asked for the great command, greatest commandment? He said, "There are two: love the Lord with all your mind, with all your heart, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself." And again, in John thirteen thirty four, he says, "A new command I give you: love one another." Mm. And then he quantifies that. Oh, nice okay? word. He says, "Love one another," and then he says, "As I have loved you, so you must love one another." Now think about that concept. That's the quantity of love Jesus is requiring of us. Oh, that's a big quantity. And it is not a suggestion. He said, a new command I give you. Jesus ordered us to love one another, love one another the way he loves. Oh, wow. And that, um, oh, boy. that takes away all the, but what if, and but what about this guy and this person and that this person did this to me or this person did that to me. Or, or he did it. She did it first. Oh, all the things that you hear from from young children, you know. Um, yeah. I, I've said this before, but it never ceases to amaze me because you know, you get to a certain age, you can you can see through things a little easier. And even with older kids, junior high kids, even up to high school kids, if you call them on the carpet for behavior, they'll usually start, but he did it first, or he did something, and that's why I did what I did. Yeah. And as mature Christians, hopefully we're getting past that. But yeah. this concept of loving one another, 
Oh, there's so much scripture about it. Um, things like um, Philippians 2, 2, 2.3. Okay. Do, not, do nothing out of selfless ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. And that, I mean, that one, you, if you're a businessman, there you go. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Oh. Value others above yourselves. You can be a very successful businessman without being cutthroat and vicious and um, taking advantage of people. Yeah. Uh, Hebrews 13, 1 through 2 says, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing mm. it. Galatians five fourteen For the entire law is fulfilled by keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. There are just so many. Here's one. Ephesians 1, 18 are part of it. Okay. And this is what I, I want to think on, too. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. So you may know what is the hope of his calling. That's and there's more to the verse, but the eyes of your heart. And I was thinking of that on the on the drive home because it's an hour and a half from Pierre. My eyes of my heart. I want the eyes of Jesus. That my heart would see people through the eyes of Jesus. And then First um, John four sixteen. Actually, I'm going to read this part. Let me go back to First John. Um, I'm going to read this one out of the message because it's so simple the way he puts it here. Uh, 20 and 21. If anyone boasts, I love God and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he's a liar. If you won't love the person he can see, if we can see a person, that means anyone we see, how can we love the God he can't see? The command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You got to love both. Hmm. So if we set our eyes on anyone, that is someone we're supposed to be loving. Your eyes have never seen someone unloved by God. That's right. And if if God loves them, well, who are we to say, I'm not going to love that person? Because it's like when someone loves my child, it's like they're loving me in a sense. Hmm. If you think about it, because if like... It touches us when someone, since Hawk is nonverbal and doesn't ever talk, it touches us deeply when someone stops and talks to him because he does listen. Mm-hmm. He may not be able to talk, but he can sure listen. Mm-hmm. And that, that touches us. And I think um, you know, that first part you, you mentioned where Jesus felt great compassion. Yes. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. That, I think, I just want to bring that up. Is, let's look at some practical ways we can love others. Okay. Jesus didn't need to know the backstory. Right. He didn't know your details. He didn't know anything about these people at all. I mean, there was, he didn't sort them out and say, well, about half of you over here, right? You know, the other half, you deserve what you get. Right, right. None of those things. And so many times we run into people that make us uncomfortable. Mm. And it can be on either side of the spectrum. Mm, You may be uncomfortable with, the guy who is drunk and walks up to you and asks you for a few bucks. Mm-hmm. You might also be very uncomfortable with the guy in the suit because that's not you. Mm. Or um, the person getting out of a, a really expensive car, that might make you uncomfortable to be around those mm. people. You know, it, it can be either direction. Right. It can be race. Mm-hmm. It can be gender. Mm-hmm. It can be... Um, 
citizenship. If someone oh. is someone is saying, "Well, they're not from around here," mm. you know what? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It does. God, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. It doesn't matter where someone is coming from. We're not saying there's no list of qualifications on who we should love. Right. We're supposed to love. So, and um, oftentimes, you know, living where we live. In the situation we're in, uh, when I was in school especially, I had to learn these lessons. Mm-hmm. It was not easy at first. Mm-hmm. Because you get into the classroom and you have some snarky kids. Oh, you mean as a teacher? <clears throat> as a teacher. Oh, right. Okay. You get in there and there's some snarky kids that never do their homework, sleep through class, nasty, profane mouths. Just, they're hard they're, they're, they're hard to like mm-hmm. based on their behavior. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't take long if you wait and you listen and you observe what's going on, you will see they're just products of an environment mm-hmm. and whatever's going on in their life can um, have an effect on their behavior and then you get the backside of it. You mm-hmm. don't know the front side. You don't know the front side, yeah. I had one young man who has... Severe anger issues. Uh, he's been violent in the past. Not with me, but with others. Um, was always pretty decent in my class. And one day, he was just nasty. And I got on him a little bit. And I said, that's not... You, you know I don't, ex- I, I don't accept that behavior. Not whatsoever. Not ever around me. He was a little chastised. Well, I found out later that someone he cared about had committed suicide the day before. Oh. And I went back to him. Mm-hmm. And I said, I am sorry. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And you know what he said? What? I still shouldn't have acted that way. Oh, good. But if I'd left it that way, yeah, I don't know how he would have felt about it. Yeah. But it's just one of those things when we look at a human being, we are all flawed individual. We are all sinners saved by grace. There is nothing that quantifies any of us as being better than anybody else. No. But there are, you know, there are times when you just have to stop. And who did Jesus stop and talk to? If we look at the Gospels, who did he stop and talk to? Well, he talked to Zacchaeus, tax collector. Mm -hmm. Matthew, he talked to tax collectors. Mm -hmm. He did stop and talk to Pharisees, Mm -hmm. whether they listened or not. He talked to the Samaritan woman who was an outcast. And the Pharisees were people who were adamantly against him. Yeah. And trying to kill him. And he still would talk to them. Right. Um, lepers. Mm-hmm. They had physical, contagious physical situation around them where no one's going to go near them. And he would go up and touch them. Mm-hmm. Which, by Jewish law at that time, that was that made him unclean. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the woman with the blood issue. The woman with the blood issue. She, she by... Uh, Law should never have been near Jesus because she right. had this blood issue. Well, same but with she, the lepers. Yeah, they yeah, were not allowed with him. Distance, and she wasn't distance. supposed to be touching him. I right. mean, and he didn't, he he didn't never, care about any of that. He never um, passed someone by because they were a physical or a social pariah of any kind. Casting out demons. What do you think a demon-filled person is like? Oh, yeah. You know, the, the man who... They cast all those demons out of the yeah, legion. The legion, yeah. And they said all the things he did, and they breaking the chains and living in a cave, and 
Yeah. Um, no, everyone was afraid of him. Everybody is scared to death of this guy, and Jesus talked to him. Yeah. Why is it hard for us? Why, why is it hard for us sometimes to give grace? You know, I think to well, someone else. I don't. This isn't obviously all the time, but I think sometimes maybe we can't get past ourselves, and we're kind of caught up in our own insecurities or our own. Maybe we're tired, or we're or just maybe past experience. Uh, yes, or something. Someone has taken advantage of you in a situation, and another person comes up, and it feels similar to that situation. Yeah, and you could, and yeah, and sometimes. So then, maybe we're coming from a, a cynical position, maybe, or we're just not objectively looking at them we're we're I think coloring at that point it in time we're we're looking at it through our own perspective and not through Christ's perspective there you go and i don't i don't want to do that anymore i want to see people through jesus's perspective rather than i mean it's not that mine is bad all the time but i want to see people through jesus's eyes cuz he always has compassion and he never gets caught up in like a little insecurity as in Oh, maybe they don't like me, so maybe I shouldn't say something. You know how we can do? We can kind of close ourselves off. I've done that. Mm-hmm. Like, like I told you this I, um, at the shower, and it was just it, there weren't tons of people. I mean, it was early morning on a Saturday, and and you can tell some people, mo- most everyone who walked in felt a little awkward, and I immediately entertainer Jane comes up, and actually she's very she's very useful. And she can kind of break the ice with with people, and I try to do that, and and it helps, I think. But um, I don't know where I was going with this story. Oh, okay, there she did it again. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Ran off the edge again. We all have places, circumstances, surroundings where we feel very comfortable, mm-hmm. where it's easy to walk in and love everybody in that situation. It's one we're comfortable in. It's one we're familiar with. Um, I feel that way about our church. I go in there. I know every single person in there, and I love every one of them to death. And I, I, I feel a connection with them. I love them right off the bat. It's not as easy in other circumstances. Some of those things happen. Um, but one of the qualifiers, okay, quantification, Jesus said, love as I loved you. Mm-hmm. The qualifiers don't exist. Correct. You're not supposed to love this person or that person. And the other thing that doesn't exist, that's kind of hard to wrap your mind around sometimes, or wrap your heart around sometimes, is the fact that you don't have to be loved first. Right. That person may express hatred towards you, mm-hmm. and you're not supposed to hate back. Mm, no. You're supposed to love back. Mm-hmm. Not easy to do. Now, I'm not telling anybody that you should um, be a doormat for anyone. That's not what Jesus did. No, he, he never, never did that. that. If he knew somebody was going to take advantage of him, he wasn't going to have anything to do with that. I'd just walk away. Yeah. Not, not that I don't love you, but I'm not going to be around you. Yeah. You know, um, the same thing with, you know, you, you love, you love, you love, you commit. It's the same thing in marriage. If someone's in an abusive marriage, I don't think God says, well, you have to stay there. No. You do what you can to work things out when you can, but I don't think it's one of those things where that that absolute, um, it's not healthy and it's not safe, then it's not healthy, not safe. Get out of there. Yeah. And that's the same situation we might run into in other places. But there is no qualification for love. 
No. You don't have to receive first. You don't have to be having a good day. No. You don't have to be f so full of love it overflows. Yeah, you might feel you lousy. You just love <laughs> when, you're, when you feel lousy. Love when you're angry. Love when you're upset about something. Yeah. Love when someone offends you. Mm. You know, okay, you know this shower. How many times should, should you forgive someone? Oh, 77 seven times 7. Yeah, but That means that, like always. Yeah, why was that so important? Because 7. Oh, he said 7, and wasn't the Jewish uh, tradition was like 3 or 4. Mm -hmm. And so he was being overly gracious by saying 7. Yeah, um, and Jesus says 70, 77 times. Times 7. Thing. So yeah, um, but that doesn't mean you're supposed to count them out. No, <laughs> let's. Uh, I'll get you the quote here from Matthew 18. Peter asks him, Jesus, how many times shall I forgive my brother and sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Now, there's a little ego involved in Peter's statement. That I love Peter because yeah. I identify with him. There's a little bit of ego attached to that because, as Jane just said. The Jewish tradition at the time was, um, I think it was four, max. And then you never have anything to do with that person again. Right. Peter and his, but we're special. Yeah. Jesus, so should we do it seven times? <laughs> and that's when Jesus answers, not seven, but 77 times. Yeah. So, which is... You're not supposed to count 500 and some times. Well, if, if you're counting... It's not 77 times. Um, <clears throat> boy, that's a messed up situation, yeah. first of all. But yeah. it's one of those things where this is talking about forgiveness and grace. And, again, you don't... How many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me, is what Peter said. Mm -hmm. And we can do a whole <clears throat> podcast on just that. Right. On forgiveness. But loving someone is grace. Yeah. If we look at... Jesus said, love as I loved. Jesus loved us in spite of our sin. Jesus loved us in spite of the fact that we did not have any redeemable qualities. Mm -hmm. That's when he calls us. when we're. If you compare the before and after product, mm -hmm. the before product, there's nothing that Jesus needs no. or wants mm -mm. or can gain from someone. No. And yet he loves anyway. God loved the world, no matter if the world was steeped in sin, as it is today. So if if Jesus says, you know, that that's how we're supposed to love, we can't put a qualifier on that. Because he loved without expecting anything in mm -hmm. return. Mm -hmm. um, so on the way home, I had Spotify on and listen to some music and there's a Lauren Daigle song that it's, I think it's called I will rescue you or something like that, but there's a line in there and it just made me, it's, just, it's, it's like God talking in this song and it says, I would to rescue you. I would send out an army to find you. Or, I'll send out an army to find you. I'll keep marching until I reach you. But to think about God, he will do everything anything to rescue us from sin and from our own selves. I think sometimes, I mean, living for self is sin and, and self and sin are so intertwined, but sometimes what we really need to be saved from is our own, just ourselves. 
mm-hmm. and our messed up selves. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm so sick of myself because of, I don't know what day that was. I don't know when it was, but I was, I was frustrated with something or maybe some person. I'm not sure, but I was so sick of myself because I'm like, who do you think you are? You center, <laughs> you know, and, um, I want to share another little silly thing from the shower. I don't know these, what I'll lose track. I won't. Here it is. So this, these three people come in, three girls come in. I mean, I don't know how old they were, but one was definitely like 12 and the other two were adults. But I, I greeted them in my big way. Good morning. Hey, come sit by me. You know, like that. And they all gave me this horrified look like, who is this freaking woman that's talking to us? We don't even know you. But I just kept on and eventually, eventually the, their eyes broke and they even, I got smiles from them and I even got the girl to go get a cookie. I said, you want a cookie? So I said, come look at them. They're really cute. So I, I got through to them. But at first, you know, they were giving me these horrifying looks that well, you're and, a leper or something. And again, that's in a, that's in a situation where they walk in uncomfortable with right. the shell on and it's hard to crack the shell. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things we need to do as practical application is we actually need to see our neighbors. Mm, mm. We need to see yes. people. Yes. See people through Jesus' eyes, yes, but yes. see people. When I, um, I'll never forget, my in-laws were out visiting us one time, and they come from a more urban setting than us. They wouldn't consider it urban, but I would consider it urban. Um, if you can reach your arms out and touch your neighbor's house and your house at the same time, that's urban. Um, but they can't do that anymore. Not but, anymore, but the yes. house they were in at the time. Yes, yes, yes. And I was driving. We were going somewhere, they were visiting, and I was driving, and I waved at a car that went by. And they said, do you know those people? And I said, well, not yet. It's South Dakota. I mean, there's not. We, I might not know them yet, but I might. <laughs> might be broke down on the side of the road. They might be broke down on the side of the road. Of course, you wave at everybody. You say hello to everybody. It's just natural for us in this rural environment. But I can drive 20 miles and see three cars. Right. In... in to flip it around, you look at some place like Chicago or New York City, people walking down the street will not make eye contact with each other. Part they of will, it's fear. They will fight making yeah. eye contact. Mm-hmm. They walk busy and important. And yeah, when I teach the women's self-defense class, mm-hmm. we teach that. Yeah, look them in the eye. No, we teach that. Oh, look don't like look. you're too busy to talk. Oh, and just keep going. Right. Because then if you you're, don't in, look a, like if a, you're in a situation where you think you, you could be a threat, Act like you are in charge and you have something to do. Get out of my way. I'm mm-hmm. moving through. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we're talking about loving people, we have to see them first. Mm-hmm. We have to notice. Mm-hmm. We have to notice things around us. Mm-hmm. And that is an intentional thing. Yeah. You have to intentionally look. Yes. If you are too busy with yourself, you can't see what's around you. Mm-hmm. I mean... At any given time, any given place these days, um, you will see people just staring at their cell phones while they are mm-hmm. in a group of other people. Mm-hmm. They may be at uh, dinner with people. They may be at uh, one of the ones that just breaks my heart is I'll see, and I have seen parents at video games or concerts at the school. Mm-hmm. or video games at games mm-hmm. sport, sporting events who are on their phone about 90% of the time they're in there oh. and they're smiling they're laughing and they're typing things and they're not watching what's going on well thanks for showing up 
But you only showed up halfway because you didn't see me. Mm-hmm. It's the same sort of thing. And People want to be seen. We want to be right? seen. Yeah. We want to be noticed. We want to be seen. And through Christ, we are seen by him, which is enough. But we don't want to be ignored by anyone. And if we want to love our neighbors, we have to see them. That has to be first. You know, and I think sometimes if we have some kind of thought like that, we need to be the ones who step out and love first. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we might have that same need to be need to be seen. But if... If we love first, just like Jesus did, do what the, you said. He said, love like I did. He loved first mm-hmm. before we even noticed him. So we go and reach out and love and love Well, the Bible says whoever. we only love because he loved us first. Right, 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 right. But, yeah, and in doing that, you know, in, in reaching out and loving first, mm-hmm. um, those shells that people put up, mm-hmm. Hopefully, as a child of God, you've learned to get past your own shells. Mm-hmm. If not, intentionally do it because you've been commanded by Christ to do it. And mm-hmm. as a follower of Christ, he says, this is my command. Mm-hmm. So knowing that without Christ, I would have that shell. I should be able to approach someone with that shell and 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 compass- have compassion on them and help them um, see them and then just do it. Just that um, there's a C.S. Lewis quote in my little bathroom book. Every day there's a mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis thing, and he said, "I don't know what he was talking about, but it's something about Jesus, obviously, and, and loving." And it's he said that okay, so you don't feel like oh, he was talking about actually loving God. Mm-hmm. He said, "If you don't feel like you don't, we never said we have to feel feel, but we're supposed to love God." So he says, "If you don't feel." that love toward God, just act like you love him and you will be loving him. So if you don't feel anything toward the people around you, well, show them compassion anyway. And you know what? Your feelings will catch up. It's the same way if you have a hard time forgiving someone and you know you have to forgive that person. And you know also it's good for you to forgive that person. You just, what I do is like, God, I forgive them. Help me forgive them. Help me feel that forgiveness, but I do by faith forgive that person. And sometimes it is a process, mm-hmm. but your feelings will catch up with that, that statement of forgiveness. So I think the same way, maybe there's someone you don't like who you work with purposely show that person love. Mm-hmm. And very often God will change your feelings toward that one person. And maybe that person is the one who needs love from you. Right. If you don't like them, that's probably other people who don't Again. like them either. How does someone get to be that person. unlovable person? Well, they probably have experiences in their background that you don't, that we don't know about. So treat them like that. Treat them like I don't know what it is, but I'm sure there's something that makes you uh, unhappy with yourself. Yeah, and that reflects into how you feel about other people. And you know, uh, another thing we can do to love our neighbors is if you share joy with someone oh. and you mourn with someone. Mm. When they are in their at their best, rejoice with them. That's good. When yeah. they are at their worst, grieve with them. Yes, be there mm-hmm. because that those extreme emotional highs and lows that we all have in life mm-hmm. um, are very vulnerable times. True. And when someone can reach out and share your joy, mm-hmm. truly share your joy. Mm-hmm. 
That's cool. That multiplies the joy for more than one person. And if you are in a broken, grieving spot where you are just overwhelmed, someone's arm comes around you, and maybe that's all it is. Maybe you don't even say anything. Just put the arm around someone can absolutely break all the shells mm-hmm. and give a chance, give someone a chance to release. That's loving your neighbor. And mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be um, hard. It's easy. Mm-hmm. And it can be fumbling. You know, we're all fumbling kind of people. Remember one time, well, it was actually that uh, a few months after Maggie died, our daughter, and I was sitting outside and we lived in Blunt, sitting outside by myself and, and when you're grieving for someone, the, if you don't know this yet, I'm sure you'll figure it out eventually. Grief comes in waves. It really does feel like a wave of emotion. And you just have to let it pass through you. Mm-hmm. And and they sometimes come at times, they're unpredictable, just like, well, ocean waves are kind of predictable. But I mean, that's just grief. It's just, and I remember I was out there outside sitting by myself and I was talking to God and and I don't know why, but at that moment, some grief, I just, I, I was just in a bad spot. And out, up rolls my dear friend, Sandra Russell. She was in her car and I come she didn't even get out of her car. I got in the car with her in my driveway and she felt, she said, I just felt like I needed to come over and see my friend Jane. And it was perfect. It was completely God. And she, she didn't know anything. God sent her. And she didn't even know God sent her, but she just felt like coming to see me. And it was just at that moment, and it was what I needed. And um, sometimes you're going to be what someone needs. And it might be someone you don't even think needs you, but they need Jesus through you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And there's, And grief is one of those things that... You can think you're doing fine. Mm-hmm. Two years on from the event, mm-hmm. it just slaps you upside the head. A smell, a sound, a sight, a memory comes to you and you it hits you. And that's okay. And if you see someone that has that situation going on, let them know it's okay. Mm-hmm. And let them know that you're, you're there. And if they need something, maybe you can help them with it. Sometimes people don't need anything. But just to know that you care enough to mm-hmm. ask, mm-hmm. that you care enough, maybe just to sit next to them. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the most uncomfortable situations you'll ever be in is uh, funerals mm-hmm. and visitations or wakes, or whatever you want to call them. You don't know what to say. What do I say to this person? I don't, I don't have the words. You don't have to. Just showing up. Show up. Sit down next to them. You don't have to say anything. Just they know it's not... Sit down next to them and hold their hand or, or or just sit. You know, people in that situation, there's nothing you can say. No. They know you're sorry for them, mm-hmm. that you wish it wasn't what it was. They mm-hmm. know that. But they also know you're loving them when you show up. Now, another another point I want to bring up yeah. about that is you need to learn this. This is learned behavior. Oh, true. You have to be teachable. Mm-hmm. And to be teachable, um, there's something, as an educator, whether it was in high school or teaching adults, 
there's something we call a teachable moment. Mm. When something happens, and because of that, whatever happened, or whatever question came up, or whatever circumstance came up, or maybe it's the date, you take that moment when it's when it's relevant, mm -hmm. and it's personal, and it means something, and you teach through that. Mm -hmm. So, um, no matter where you are in history, you know, the day that JFK got shot, it might be worth stopping and talking about that. No matter where you are in history, mm -hmm. just say, hey, this is what happened at this mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. That's Or someone or asked a question, yeah. or whatever it is. We need to do that ourselves with our own lives, too. And we need to be reflective about our behavior towards others. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's being teachable. Yes. I am willing to learn from my experiences. And thank goodness for God's grace, because we can go back to him and say, Lord, I screwed this one up. Yeah. Help me not to have that happen again. Mm -hmm. Every one of us, as uh, every Christian in the world, I'm sure, has had the experience where they have walked away from a contact with another human being that they'll probably never see again. And there was a perfect open door. Mm -hmm. And they let the door go. Mm -hmm. And they walked away from it. Yeah. And as they left, going down the road the next day, suddenly what you were supposed to say comes into your head and you say, Oh, I should have said this. Yeah, I should have done these things. This is the scripture I should have brought up at that point in time, and I just couldn't. Yeah, let that be teachable. Mm -hmm. Let that be a teachable moment. What do you say to someone who's mourning? Where would you go into scripture to give them comfort? What do you say when someone's rejoicing? You know, mm -hmm. enter in and share my joy mm -hmm. is a is a quote from the Bible. Mm. You know. Be willing to learn, be willing to understand that this is a process, and I don't think we ever get over it. No. I don't find anyone per perfect in this world. There was one, and we, we put him on a cross. We're never going to perfect it. No. But you can get better and better and better at it. Thank the Lord. So if you stop and look at things, step back, and are teachable... Yeah, you will learn these things. Lord, how did I love today? Ooh, and I have perfect. Ready? Yep. First, Philippians 1, 9 through 11. So this is my prayer, that your love will flourish, and that you will not only love much, but well. Learn to love appropriately. Mm. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not sentimental gush. Live a lover's life, circumspect and exemplary, a life Jesus will be proud of, bountiful in fruits from the soul, making Jesus Christ attractive to all, getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. Yeah. That's a perfect that's a perfect statement. Yeah. And that's praise a perfect God. way to love because that's the way Jesus loved you. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. He didn't share when he was sharing with the Samaritan woman, he was showing love to an outcast. Yeah. He didn't pull any punches. No. He knew everything about her. Yeah. And he told her, I know everything about you. He said, go but, call your husband. and." But. Yeah. If you come to me. Yeah. And that that is a beautiful thing there. And the last thing I want to do, we're going long on this one, but the last thing I want to say is we need to be praying for our neighbors. Yes. And there's 
two little points I want to bring up about that. One, pray for people mm-hmm. who irritate you. Pray for people who you don't know how to deal with them. You don't know how to, how to love them. You don't know how, how to reflect Christ onto someone. Pray for that person. Especially and legitimately, them. don't pray that I pray that they get broken down enough to see that I love them. <laughs> well, that, maybe that's not the way to do it. But pray for pray for those people. And also, if you tell someone, oh, if you tell someone, I'm going to be praying for you, do it. Mm-hmm. That is loving your neighbor. If mm-hmm. you take someone and you take a petition through Christ to God saying, this person really is in pain right now, Lord, and I know they don't know you, but I know you. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming to you to please help them with their pain. Mm-hmm. If you can do those things, if you can see what's in front of you, if you can learn to love, really learn to love, don't be judgmental about anything, and but work on it. If you can rejoice with people, if you can mourn with people, and if you can legitimately, honestly, from the heart, pray with people, I think you, you're going the right direction. Mm, yeah. We'll never be perfect, but we'll be going the right direction. You're pretty close. To what? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't have her glasses on, so we'll go with that. Oh, it's been a good discussion. If you have any suggestions for the future that you want us to talk about, or if there's anything uh, you'd like to hear, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. Yes. It's getting close. Okay. Bye. God bless. <laughs>